Open your Bible, please, to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. What a blessing that was. That was a good message and song, and I trust you have that same anchor that Peter was singing about. My dad used to say, under his breath, more often than not, it's tough getting old. Oh, man, quit your whining. Suck it up, big boy. Now I'm at his age. No, I'm past his age. He died when he was 58. Had his first heart attack when he was 38, his second at 49, and his last one at 58 years old. So it's tough getting old. That, that didn't mean that he didn't enjoy living. It didn't mean that he didn't like his marriage or his family. It didn't mean that he didn't like his home. It certainly didn't mean he didn't like to eat. It just simply meant that his body was breaking down. It hurt a lot, required more attention, more money, wasn't nearly as dependable as he was accustomed. Things start falling apart. You lose your hair, you lose your hearing, you lose your eyesight, lose your teeth, lose your strength, lose your mind, but thank God we got a driver's license, hallelujah. <laughs> An old man was bragging to his neighbor about the new hearing aid he got, state of the art. He said, man, I just got I got the best hearing aid they make. Man, I mean to tell you, it cost me $4,000, but I want to tell you, it's the best you can get. And his friend said, really? What kind is it? He said, oh, it's about 1230. <laughs> oh, there's, you young people, you're, you'll get it someday, because I used to be where you are, and I used to make fun of those old people now. Now I'm looking for heaven, brother. I'm telling you what. I don't spring out of bed anymore. I wake up in the morning and I take inventory of body parts. I, I want to know which ones are going to work. And I generally know because they hurt the worst. And so you young people, you go ahead and you laugh and chuckle at our expense. We can take it because we're going to be in heaven watching you if the Lord tarries and we're going to be chuckling. And when you get to the golden streets, we're going to say, hey, how were the last 10 years of your life, big boy? Well, there are three things that are going to last for all eternity on this planet. They're not going to deteriorate. They're not going to die. You say, what are those three things? The souls of men, the Bible, and the local New Testament church. We're in Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to read just one verse of Scripture. It's a powerful verse of Scripture. Jesus said, I say unto thee, do you remember the context? It's Jesus addressing Peter. And he has a conversation with him. And he says, uh, who do people say that I am? And he throws out some suggestions. And Jesus said, all right, I want to know who you think I am. And he said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus commended him and said, you didn't learn this from people. God revealed that to you. And then he says here, 
Thou art Peter. I need to pause for you to get it all. The word Peter means stone. Little stone. Sometimes in movies and dramas, we see the character that portrays Peter as a big burly man. I'm convinced by his name, he was a short little runt. And he had what we call short man syndrome, small man syndrome. You know, some of the feistiest guys you'll ever meet are short guys. You know why? They got pushed around so much when they were young, made fun of, that they just learned to get tough and beat the living daylights out of bigger guys. And it gave them great joy to do so. And Peter, you check out his life and see if that doesn't fit him. He was a feisty young man, often spoke before he thought, like some of us in the room. Peter was a little guy. He was a stone, and it says, but upon this rock and upon this rock, what's he talking about? Two different words translated here, little stone, big rock. When he talks about rock, he's not talking something that it takes a machine to lift. He's talking about a cleft, like the side of a hill. Upon this rock, I will build my church. What was that rock? Well, just so that you didn't think it was Peter, Peter later on wrote, Jesus Christ is the rock. It was Jesus, the son of the living God. He is the rock that the church is built upon. And he says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Listen to me, church. There's no reason why we can't see growth here. Now, you don't, you, we don't look at numbers to determine whether or not God is blessing our church. But if God's blessing your church, you're going to see growth. It just happens to go that way. Say what you want. Did that choir not look good filled tonight? Come on, some of you are afraid to admit it because you're afraid you're going to be stuck up there. Can you imagine when visitors come in? I'm talking about you folks. You're the cream of the crop tonight. But visitors, when they come in and they see a full choir, that makes a statement to visitors. It sure does. There's involvement here. These people actually believe what they're preaching about. It's more than lip service. They're giving of their time. They're giving of their talent to do something for God. If a church isn't attacking hell, we're not doing our job. We're to go into the world and preach the gospel. And guess what? God said, hell can't stop you. When we say the devil is hard, we can't beat the devil. What are you talking about? God didn't say that. You're just trying to excuse your laziness. You're trying to excuse your disobedience. You're trying to excuse the fact that you're just lazy. You don't want to. Just be honest and say, I don't want to. Because the truth is, people do what they want to do. You want to win souls? You want to be a witness? You want to be on fire for Jesus? God is willing for you to do that. In fact, he says... You go attack hell. Don't be afraid of the flames. The gates of hell can't stop you. That in and of itself is a message. And he is also indicating there is a place called hell. 
We don't like to talk about hell. We don't like to think about hell. Preachers don't like to preach on it. I don't enjoy bringing it up. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. Now, if your name's Debbie, I'm sorry. I didn't, bring, I didn't make that up, okay? It, it came along long before I came. But if, you're a Debbie, if, you, if that's a Debbie Downer to you, I'm sorry. But the truth is, Jesus spoke more about hell than he did on heaven. And tonight, this audience is either going to go to heaven or go to hell. You say, I don't like that. I don't either. But you have an opportunity to do something about it. If you don't want to go to hell, you can be saved tonight. And if you go to hell, you're not going to point your finger at God and say, hey, you didn't give me a chance. No, that's a lie. Which just proves you deserve to be there. Because all liars go to hell. You say, well, I'm saved and I still lie. I'm glad to see that you admit it. But if you're saved, all your sins are forgiven. And if you're saved, you won't lie near as much as you used to. In fact, you'll fight it. In fact, you'll admit when you did lie. The truth of the matter is, there is a hell tonight. And we as believers in Christ need to warn others about hell. That's why Christ came. He came to die for our sins. He was buried. He resurrected from the grave. Only Jesus can save us. As good of a church this is, this church can't save anybody. You can be a member of this church and still and die and go to hell. You need Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no man, no man cometh unto the Father, but by me. Now tonight I want to give you a couple more thoughts about why the church is such a big deal to us. It's, it's a winning organization. I mean, we can't lose. If we lose, it's because we don't want to win. And quite frankly, that fits this generation. Now they have baseball leagues.